0: Hello and welcome to The Great Indoors, the podcast which tells you everything you need to know about interiors and how to make it really work for you in your own home. I'm Kate Watson-Smythe and I'm Sophie Robinson and thanks to Tops Tiles who've kindly sponsored this podcast. If you're looking for some tile inspiration and the latest interiors trends, be sure to follow their Instagram account which is at Tops tiles. So today we're at my house. Haven't been here for a little while. Oh, it's quite nice, Kate, to have a roof over my head. I've been camping for the last few days. I
1: haven't really done tenting since the Lake District in the 1970s. (laughs) I, I, you know, I won't be going back. I know, it's all very different now, oh, isn't I it? Oh, I
0: love a little pitter-patter of rain on a bit of canvas as I snuggle under my duck-down duvet. I mean, I do glamping, okay? So we have to take my husband's builder's van camping because I literally take mattresses. I take the duck-down duvets. We take um, really, really comfy, massive furniture, bean Furniture? Bags, as in chairs. I don't oh. do those little spindly, rickety camping chairs. I am oh, not doing any of that. And actually, it has been known that my husband's even taken our... For burner gas barbecue before camping, although we left that behind. Well, that that
1: that sounds yes. If you could
0: be sure about the weather, it's the (laughs) it's the sanitation.
1: Oh really? (laughs) Oh, you're not one to compost loo. Uh, Do you know? I like I like a nice loo and somewhere nice to clean my teeth. And also, I have to have a wee in the night and I am really not up for getting mm. up in the middle of the night and picking my way through the cowpats and the snakes and the or whatever ropes. else there is there in the guy ropes <laughs> to find some horrible communal loo at the end of the field or falling in the river
0: and drowning and dying. <laughs> I mean, I'm like catastrophist, I will admit, but no, it's not So me. where have you been then? Because you are glowing. You're looking really well-rested and a little bit tanned. A little bit tanned. Actually, I'm I know from... where you've been because I've been following you on Instagram. I've I'm been in anxious. Italy, yeah. Absolutely.
1: So I've been in Italy with a proper roof over my head and we had a couple of days in Rome, which was amazing. It's lovely. What do you like to do in Rome then? Well, I thought it was going to be really packed and touristy and a bit of a cliche, but actually I was pleasantly surprised we did a massive walk around all the big sites sort of twenty thousand steps and i thought the trevi fountain would be a bit sort of meh but actually it's massive and it's really impressive I and mean, it was i think it was about 34 degrees when we were there which wasn't the hottest it's been up to 39 so it was hot but we did the spanish steps and the trevi fountain and the pantheon and so it was around a big the coliseum
0: architectural big feast. architectural
1: feast and then a big spaghetti vongole <laughs> feast for lunch <laughs> With some very cold white wine, which is always nice.
0: Oh, well, you earned it by the sounds of things after yeah. twenty thousand steps. Yeah, no, Rome is a great Italian city. Oh, good. So we're—I'd like to say I'm well rested. I think I'm well rested. I've got my hair. In fact, actually, even Kate, the producer, um, commented on the fact I've got my hair in a ponytail today, which is something I don't fashion very often. But I've still got kind of like crazy camping, Barnet. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what do we got coming up on the show?
1: Oh, we've got an action-packed show. But before we get into what we've got coming up. I've been having a little look at the reviews. What, on
0: um, Apple Podcasts?
1: Yes. And, um, well, (laughs) we need, listeners, we need to know if you agree with Blanket Chest, who says that (laughs) Sophie's hysterical laughing gets on my nerves. I think it's harsh, (laughs) harsh. Or perhaps 33 Claire, who says, most of all, I love how they can laugh. I laugh with them. So,
0: you know, that's... Polarised opinions. My well, laugh nothing is like a bit that. Marmite, isn't it? I mean, I must admit, Blanket Chest, who gave us a, a, a two out of five star rating oh, due thanks. to my laugh. I think she said it really grates. Um, I'm kind of with her. I think my laugh is actually quite annoying. <laughs> <laughs> well... But what
1: we need to say is that now we're going to have a place where we can come and do all this debating.
0: Yes, a Facebook group we thought would be a good idea, not actually just to debate whether you like my laughter or not, but more to sort of say what you think of the show, what you'd like to hear us talk about, which topics you'd like us to discuss, share your design crimes. We might even do a bit of a style surgery on there. So, yes, we're on Facebook under the aptly named The Great Indoors Podcast. So, hop on there. Come and find us. Like and follow and get
1: chatting and we will be popping in as well to yeah. chat and see what's going on in the meantime kate taylor will just keep trying to
0: re-edit my love or at least turn the volume down or
1: you can have this suggestion from at gail scott design if you're feeling a little down listening to kate and sophie will make you feel a million times better so they provide therapy as well as design advice we'll take that
0: yeah we will thank you so much gail scott design Okay, so moving swiftly on now coming up today, we are going to be talking about statement walls and floors. We're going to also share with you some fascinating research about happiness, but first,
1: very Dum,
0: dumb. <laughs> dumb. <laughs> Very exciting new TV show has just hit the screens here in the UK on BBC2. We love interior design. We love watching TV and when the two come together it's just a win-win, win right? win yeah, I do love watching TV actually it's a bit old fashioned yeah, I love I TV right. So for complete transparency Kate and I have been given a preview of episodes 1 and 2 To discuss. Um, But by the time you are listening to this podcast, both of those episodes will have gone out. They go out on Wednesdays at eight o'clock. On BBC Two. On BBC Two. And presented very excitingly by Fern Cotton. And then the series judge is Michelle Ogundahin, who was uh, the editor-in-chief of Elle Decoration for about ten years. So, years, yes. She knows her onions. So if you haven't seen it, it is basically a mashup of The Apprentice and... Changing rooms. Yeah, so the format is very similar to the Great Interior Design Challenge in that it's a competition. We love our competitions, don't well, we? Well they do seem. like a competition, that bit of jeopardy, don't they? So but then got, it's got um, teams,
1: so it's the apprentice. Yeah. And I think they've been edited to be quite
0: forthright about each other. Do you? On camera. Well, I must admit, yeah, there's a few of the contestants who would give the judges a run for their money. I think. I think yeah. Frank has some particularly strong opinions about. Well I do, yes. <laughs> Do look out for that if you haven't seen it already. <laughs> I think he's TV gold. He's absolutely yeah. brilliant. Doesn't mince his words at all, but very self-confident young man. He's the youngest competitor in the, yes, uh, in is, the show at just he? 22. Yeah. yeah, so I think, you know, obviously with the first two episodes, it's still very, very early days. We start off with 10 designers. The difference, again, with programmes that have gone before that these guys are semi-professional. So they're either practising interior designers or they've... Recently trained and are going through a career transition. So I think the idea is with the better training comes better, reveals, if you like, better kind of.
1: And they've done, I mean, the challenges are different, aren't they? Because they're sort of the first one was a show home, two show homes. They had to have a room each and make Mm -hmm. over. And the second one is a hotel. So there's much more of a commercial aspect, which I. It took me in two directions i wasn't sure so talking about the first show they divide them into two teams so far so apprentice they give them each a room and it was judged by matthew williamson they've got some quite um celebrity judges on there oh and and then and then there's you <laughs> <laughs> i pop up on episode, episode four. 4 you haven't seen that yet um, so it was interesting for the show home one because i thought there was a very clear difference between the two houses mm. and the reveal of one, I felt I was ticking off the design crimes. Ah! <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was, it was a, a karate chop cushion. There's typography. There's a fairy light. There's an unpainted radiator. <laughs> peach walls. Um, peach walls. <laughs> and then in the other one I felt was more directional. And we're not going to give any spoilers because people won't necessarily have seen it, but... What was interesting when it came to the judging, which I had forgotten about whilst watching the show, was that you have to answer the brief. And in previous shows like GIDC, of course, they've had to answer the homeowner's brief, but the brief for a homeowner as what their taste is and what they would quite like to do in that room, is different from the commercial pressures. And in this instance, it was about selling a show home. Mm. Um, And in the second one, where it's a hotel... Well, the the
0: challenge of of designing a show home is you've got to appeal to as many people as possible, which means you need to perhaps water down the design to make it appeal to more people. For the first
1: episode, obviously, of course, they were really keen to showcase their talent and what they can do. But within the confines of a show home, so you're first exposure to an audience or to a competition you're being asked to water down your talents I felt that perhaps to make that the first one in the series for me felt that they weren't being but given I think the it also should, sets the
0: precedence that the show as in you know all great design and Michelle's very very firm on this that great design isn't just about establishing your own ego as a designer it is about being commercial and designing of course. a brief. So I think she set her you know, her expectations quite clearly from the get-go that just because you've decorated your house all black and gold doesn't mean you're going to get away with doing that in every round. No, and it is about yourself. people who are semi-professional and presumably are wanting to work with clients,
1: yeah. not just do their mate's house. yeah. But I, I, it was interesting because I think that was where I struggled is to the difference between something that perhaps answered the brief design crimes and all and I made a note actually there were more than that there was some gravel round some candles <laughs> There was a <laughs> diagonal throw on a on a puff. There were orchids. There were tiebacks. There was typography. That and I mean, yes,
0: there were. Oh, you were literally. This is going to make a great qu- Twitter conversation. It I jumped out at me. You're going to have to join me and Kate on Twitter on this one hashtag Design Crime <laughs> and shout out the design crimes as they're seen on Interior Design Masters. But but
1: but then you come back to they are professionals and they're answering a brief, so you have to bear
0: that in mind and then what did you think of um episode two which will have gone out the night before this podcast comes out by the way everyone can watch this on iPlayer and I've been told the program will stay on iPlayer for a year so there's plenty of time to catch up we're not spoiling anything so
1: in the second episode the 10 have become nine yes and uh they had to do a hotel room in in a chocolate
0: Theme. I could just in see your in a chocolate themed
1: curling. hotel well it was interesting because I just spent most of that show going god that's difficult
0: yes I would obviously go straight for the quality street tin obviously wouldn't I Oh, Cliffa. and it would be uh, a rainbow of psychedelic sweet wrappers that would be my thing and nobody really did that everybody did go quite chocolate coloured they did, they did, but despite I don't, being told. They completely them. ignored it altogether. There was uh, one contestant who quite fabulously shirked the whole chocolate theme and then just put a vintage chocolate tin on the dressing table. <laughs>
1: Yes and that, and again that was with the brief because there was one room which which when I saw it I liked it and then it was pointed out that for a hotel it was completely impractical. Well there you go again. So that also yeah. was interesting. So I think all the way through I'm struggling with the idea of what I like yeah. and what is going to answer the brief and it'll be very that'll be very interesting to see how that develops.
0: But ultimately you know the prize at the end of this program is to win a contract to design a hotel. So by the end of this process they're going to need to have shown that they've got Lots of skills. Yes, they're fabulous designers. They can create spaces that people want to be in, but also that they're hugely practical, can run on budget. I mean, it's a big ask being an interior designer and winning a contract like that requires a lot of skill and dedication. So yeah. they're going to have to sift the wheat from the chaff throughout this process for sure. Yes, but I think I think for me, you know, watching it, obviously, I'm thrilled uh, to be back, and, it, and it's good to see things mixed up. I quite enjoying the guest judges and the different opinions. I think that's quite interesting. But ten reveals in the first episode, I felt like I was watching Fast and Furious. It was kind of yes, it, it's a lot to it, look it really at, isn't it? And is,
1: I felt also that that the judging process in those two early episodes was quite curtailed I Mm. felt I wanted to hear a bit more about that and I suppose because they've got so many rooms to show you didn't get that much of a conversation and perhaps as it goes on and they have fewer contestants there will be a bit more interrogation of I agree see I'm looking
0: forward to it whittling down because at the moment you're not really understanding any of the designers designs in any depth so yeah I think it's a show that will get better as it goes on, but I'm quite enjoying sort of being introduced to all the designers at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You got any favorites? Have you got anybody who you're kind of like any designers that you feel I've like you're got gonna my champion? Eye
1: on one or two. Have you got, who have you no, eye on? No, you tell me who the winner
0: is. <laughs> ah, <'cause> I know. <laughs> Inside Intel, you're going to have to. I'm going to tickle you. Me, more than pizza for lunch, cake. Quite frankly, if you're going to want to know that kind of information. Oh, but then we were already laying negotiating terms on the table, <laughs>
1: right? It was wine and pizza and cake? Oh, now you're talking. And then I'll just tickle you. <laughs> but no I think it's I think it's good to have interiors back on the telly yeah I mean years ago I remember interviewing Jamie Lester who actually came third in one episode of The Apprentice I can't remember which one it was he said you've got to remember three things they're making a television show Mm. two they're making a television show (laughs) three they're making a television show and and that really put it in you know and you realize that so I do look at frank who is being very frank and forthright with his opinions two Mm. episodes in but equally i'm sure he's been edited to be the tv goals that he is
0: yeah and i think also that's a really valid point in so much as i know from my experience on the great interior design challenge that a lot of the interior design fraternity got very upset saying this isn't a true representation of interior design i don't think interior design masters is going to be a true representation I don't of interior think design it can either be. so i think again what you've got to understand is this is an entertainment show folks not an open university yeah. into how to be an interior designer exactly
1: and it is entertaining and it's fun and i will be tuning in
0: and uh join us on twitter yes. Lots of chat
1: Still to come, how to make a statement with your walls and floors and also ceilings perhaps and of course those design crimes. But first, Sophie, how's your mood with
0: your with your camping hair? Wall to wall happiness? <laughs> yeah, so we're going to talk about home happiness um, because it's something that I've been talking about quite a lot, funnily enough, over the last couple of months. Some research came out in June, some really in-depth cohesive coherent research from the happiness institute now less did you know there was a such a thing as the happiness institute no based i missed in Copenh- that yeah based in copenhagen of course their job happiest nation to, in the world well quite um and they were commissioned by kingfisher who are um obviously a really big brand who in Q, to look into home happiness And do some like proper research It's sort of something that I think I've always been interested in talking about anyway But I've just come hot off Fern Cotton's Happy Place Festival Mm -hmm. She's just launched her own festival Kind of spinning off from her podcast I suppose If anybody hasn't listened to Fern Cotton's podcast Happy Place, absolutely brilliant But Fern is very interested in mental well-being, mental health And she talks to really interesting people on her podcast about happiness And when she hosted her own festival I kind of said, well, I need to be there talking about happiness in the home because it is so important to it's, our overall well-being as this as this research.
1: It's interesting, isn't it? Because when I saw it, I thought, oh, happiness report. And I thought, Well, well when you it? saw the
0: press release. Yes, I thought, oh, isn't
1: it obvious oh, that we so need so to simple. be happy in our homes? <laughs> That's
0: such a journal and thought, oh, Well, and I just I've thought, oh, it's before.
1: a new buzzword, isn't it? Like we're all styling our homes now instead of just putting things on shelves. But then I did read it. Oh, do, I oh, I did, I did, and would you like some stats? Because it was quite a big survey. <laughs> I thought
0: you'd love it. It's got loads. Where's of my stats jingle? In it. So
1: jingle, oh my jingle, 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 jingle. <laughs> they asked just under thirteen and a half thousand people across Europe in ten countries. Yeah. 44 questions Ooh. and that's quite a big ask isn't it I And mean, you get the person that knocks on the door and says can I just ask you two or three questions for an opinion poll and you're like no I haven't got time 44 questions that's a commitment so that I thought was interesting and then I have got another statistic which I can't read <laughs> <laughs> there you go 73% of people who are happy in their homes are happy in their lives
0: Yeah, it's big. It's It's really big. And I think when you look at the happiness pie chart cut up like a piece of cake, the biggest chunk towards your well-being and happiness is your mental health, your mental Mm. well-being, 17%. The second wedge at 15%, so hot on the heels, is home happiness. Yeah. Number which two. Which was more than earnings or your job, more which than your, I found fascinating. More than your physical well-being. Yeah. yeah, more than what you earn, more than what your job and more than your civil status. I thought,
1: I thought the job thing was interesting because I do think in this country we do very much define ourselves by what our jobs are. You know, when you're introduced to someone new, one of the first things you say is, what do you do? Yeah. So I thought it was very interesting that, that your happiness at home
0: came above your job. Mike Viking, can I just say brilliant name? isn't it? Who's the big man at the Happiness Institute. He sort of said what has been so interesting is it's revealed that a lot of people are looking for happiness in the wrong places. And happiness is essentially on our front doorstep it's right here and i think for people like you and i who are passionate about interior design in our homes and i'm guessing anybody listening to this podcast is pretty engaged that's good news folks yeah it's okay to want to do diy to want to decorate to want to create more of a sense of space to want to feel like your home is somewhere that really grounds you and helps you relax there were two things that really stood out for me and
1: one was that Bigger is not better, which I thought was so interesting. It's about whether our home feels spacious is three times more important than its actual size, which I thought that was fascinating
0: because everybody always wants more space. All the people who feel like they need to move house because they need more space or people who are borrowing more money to do an extension or a loft conversion or whatever. And actually, it's the sense of space that's more important. And that's all down to great interior design, isn't it? I don't know what your other big headline was, but one for me was this concept of renting. That and was that exactly was it.
1: Was that the one? It, yeah, whether home you own
0: or rent your home
1: has little impact on your happiness. I thought that was mm. A, fascinating, but B, brilliant and so encouraging
0: because well, the, so many the,
1: people do rent The country now. that
0: actually rated first in Europe for home happiness was in fact Germany and 50% of Germans rent their homes. Yes, and I think in France and or in Paris a lot of people the, the Europeans do it a lot more. I mean, I think um one of the so, so there were five elements that uh, the Happiness Institute identified that went towards home happiness. First of which was pride. Forty-four percent of your home happiness comes from a feeling of being really proud about where you live. Which, that's massive, that's almost half. So is that proud about where you live or proud about what you've done to your house? I think it's just all of it. I think it's just feeling. I think on one level, it could you could have a feeling of pride in that you've saved up and accomplished your dream home or moved into a neighbourhood. You know, if you're a DIYer or a home renovator, that could give you okay. pride. So I think pride is a separate personal value system
1: feeling happy that you've made the best of your house or you've cleaned it how you want it and you feel comfortable there yeah and actually that's the second
0: point comfort yeah so comfort I think yeah is really connected with that so comforts obviously I mean I just think of the literal like oh I've got a really comfy sofa and a nice firm bed but actually comfort can also be that feeling of coming home from work shutting the front door and just feeling like you've got your space to retreat yeah and feel relaxed in Um, which I think is also then linked to these other two um, sort of pillars of happiness which is safety and control now I think where we live in the world we're really lucky that we've all you know most of us got roofs over our heads and that we have a feeling of safety but I think this is where it pulls into maybe something that's poignant for us in Britain is a feeling of control now you know One of my biggest anxieties is the fact I've got a massive mortgage and I have to work really hard to pay for it. (laughs) And sometimes that feels a little out of control or the amount of renovation and DIY that needs doing in my house can make me feel like I'm losing control. Um, I know for a lot of people who rent in this country due to our particular renting regulations, people don't feel in control. And perhaps in Europe where they've got a lot of happy renters that's something that's still been worked on They have much more long-term
1: here. renting, don't they? I mean, it's years since I've lived in Paris, like 30 years. But I do remember there you could, you rented a place and the expectation was you would be in it for a, sort of as long as you wanted to be in it. Mm. But also that you could absolutely paint it. It was your home. You did what you wanted to it. And as long as you put it back to a reasonable state at the end, then that was fine. And in this country, I, it's not like that anymore, is it? And people get kicked out with short notice or... Or oh, you wait till you
0: get a mortgage, show. it's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> there is, especially with that <clears throat> Brexit coming. Like, what are we? We're not mentioning do? that one. We're not mentioning um, the big word <laughs> But should I tell you the
1: other fact I yeah, like? Yeah, go on. This is for me. This is not for you. Home happiness increases after the age of fifty. Oh yes, I noticed. I thought that. that was interesting. And it's saying, I mean, it, when you take it apart, it's quite logical, isn't it? It's because most people by that stage would like to feel they're in their forever home and they're settled, right? So, that's so their home improvements
0: increase.
1: So that comes back to security. probably paid off but... a bit of the
0: mortgage by then, one would hope, perhaps. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I know we're dancing all over this research, but we'll put it on our blogs and you can have a good deep dive into it. But another one of the five sort of pillars of happiness was this idea of identity, which I was particularly interested in. And that's your home being a reflection of who you are and your own personality. What what for me was really nice, is I've always been saying, and I know so have you, that people need to really explore who they are and reflect their own personal taste and style in their interior and don't be a slave to trends and don't copy what the neighbours are doing. Be brave, be your own person. And now I feel like this research has kind of like backed that up. Do you feel vindicated? Stuff. I feel totally with Nothing vindicated. like a good feeling of vindication. And also it's just really, you know, if I, I want to put some of these stats under the husband's nose as well and say, look, you know, it's not all just like... Fo fish foo money that we're just whittling on the house. This is all really important to well-being, our well-being stuff, yes. man. Yeah. It's practically a medical thing, isn't so it? So do you wanna right. just to round this topic up, do you wanna think do you wanna hear of the five ways to home happiness? Go on then. So number one, as you've already said, Rearrange what you've already got. It's all about a sense of space rather than actual space. So bigger houses don't make bigger happiness. Yes. Number two. It might make me happy. Do some DIY and decoration. Updo your home. That sense of achievement and sense of pride of having fixed up your home is a great fast track to happiness. Number three, invite people over. Creating a home. (laughs) She raises the eyebrows. Look at that. Oh, I was just
1: thinking. (laughs) Cooking. (laughs) didn't mean to raise my
0: eyebrows you so did oh i won't be doing that (laughs) you're here aren't you i'm about to make you lunch i'm about to make you lunch and now you're like oh i can't have any gluten sugar alcohol dairy so you're having lettuce
1: how happy are you gonna feel i'm gonna feel really happy because i get a whole pizza
0: number four is that connection to nature so um, biophilia we've talked about that talked about that but that you know bring in some plants into your home open up the windows onto your garden and then finally get your identity stamped on your pad use it as a place to feel creative and express who you really are So, Kate, does a statement wall make you happy? What are we calling a statement
1: wall? I mean, is, is this just a posh way of feature wall? Because <laughs> She's
0: got me-, me rumbled already.
1: <laughs> I know you now. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm opening it
0: up to feature floors, feature walls, feature ceilings. What I'm sort of seeing a lot in interior design is really, really bold statement pattern, almost dominating the room. Traditionally, people might think, oh, I'm just going to do really neutral oak floor and maybe just like yeah, a soft carpet. Yeah, I think we're over carpet, neutral. And then I'll pop the interest in other ways. What we're seeing now is a much bigger commitment. Because, you know, doing a floor in a bold pattern, be it a fitted carpet or a tile, is, you know, that's quite an investment. You're right.
1: I think we've got much more confident. In our colour, in our use of colour, we've become much braver. And I think there is a move now towards making more of a statement with our homes. And maybe that plays back into what we were just talking about. It's the happiness because you've taken ownership of the space, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not necessarily because you've got a mortgage, but, you know, you, you've you decided to stamp your personality on a space. So that makes you feel in control. That makes you take pride in it because you've done what you wanted to do. I mean, I'm all for a bold statement.
0: Yeah, and maybe like you say, it's because we are planning on staying on homes in our homes perhaps longer than we were 10 years ago when people were thinking more about moving and flipping Mm. property and one thing and another I mean I'm Um, all for it obviously I mean you know this is my hymn sheet totally because I think once you've discovered a style that you like really going for it really does give you a boost rather than just going for the safe option um
1: I never would advise going for the safe option because I think you always regret it always feel disappointed but it's difficult when it's a commitment and actually you know tiled floors I'm I love patterned tiles. We're
0: seeing a um, lot of them, aren't we? We're we seeing, are seeing a lot of a them. this is a particularly strong trend but in I, kitchens, bathrooms, hallways.
1: I think they're great, but I, for some reason, I find it hard to visualise patterned tiles on floors for some reason. I don't know why, and I can do it with rugs. Um, but there are visualizer things, aren't there now? And I think Tops have one.
0: Tops do have a brilliant one on their website, a visualizer where you can find a room that looks similar to your room. So I think there's like a choice of like six or seven different rooms or whatever. And obviously you've got to pick their tiles, but they've got so many to choose from and you can just drop in a pattern tile. And you can do a splashback or part
1: of a wall or part of the floor. So that gives you an idea. I mean, it may not look exactly like your kitchen, but actually it's the same when you're choosing wallpaper. You are often on these websites, you get one tile to look at or a small piece of mm. wallpaper. And actually just being able to see An expanse of that tile gives you a sense of what it would look like, even if it's not your kitchen. Another tip they've given, which I think actually is is a really good tip, is you can have a plain tile, Mm. maybe in a strong colour, but it's about how you lay it. And we've seen a lot more of that recently with, you know, the classic oblong metro tile or yeah. subway tile. Oh,
0: that was sort of traditionally done in like a brick. It was
1: always in a layout. brick. And now we're seeing them in verticals, in herringbones, mm. or maybe even in different colours and stripes. So maybe you can create a, pattern Maybe with that a way. jaunty
0: coloured grout. A jaunty how about grout. That? Maybe Are like, we still doing maybe, jaunty grout? Maybe like a pale pink tile with a yellow grout. How about that? Lovely. I've gone silent again. <laughs> I'm just thinking it through. Yeah, um, God, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think the coloured. I mean. He- you know if we're worried about big bold pattern t- tiles as i love to do is perhaps a bit too much of a commitment what you're saying is you don't need to spend that much money you can buy a more affordable plain tile yeah. and still be experimental and creative with the, with, with with the, the, the way gra- you lay it. or would, even you a gra-? would you use the grout? would you i would use well no because
1: we had the marital veto on the gold grout oh
0: yes yes doesn't
1: happen very often so maybe um, I would use gold grout, and I. There How was... does a gold grout really look, though? Does it just look shiny brown? Well, well you said that about my ceiling, and those <laughs> words were eaten. My ceiling does not look like shiny brown. Um, I am okay. not. You need
0: some glitter dust in it, or something. Don't I think you? it probably has got glitter okay. dust
1: in it, and in fact, I saw something. Oh, I love that programme. It's always on Channel 4 Escape to the Chateau. Oh, And she yes, did angel. a black bathroom, Lovely Angel, yeah. with, and she was putting glitter, glitter in her grout, she not a addi- euphemism. She was,
0: <laughs> <laughs> she was adding her own glitter
1: to the she grout. Was, she was. So I think that's fine. But there was. A house, because I, mean, I do on the blog on Fridays, you know, the best houses for sale. And there was mm. one a while ago by the woman who owns the darkroom, mm-hmm. Brilliant mm. Ceramics. And she had a house where she'd got lots of square tiles, also very fashionable shape, square tiles. Oh, yes, we're going for um, square rather than metro <clears> now. Square rather than metro. Design report. Um, black tiles with a, with a white grout and white tiles with a black grout. And I've also seen white tiles with a yellow grout,
0: mm-hmm. which...
1: Yeah. I can't do yellow and white for me. It makes me think of scrambled egg. But okay, other than that, I would do white tiles with a cobalt blue grout. Oh, very nice. Yeah, you can do that in your yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you that, shall I? Do you want any colour advice, Sophie? Because I'm all over it. Because <laughs> have you finished your downstairs loo yet? Because if you haven't, you could do the top half in white tiles with blue grout to match the blue you're tiles on the bottom late, half. too late. Have you it's
0: done been it? Done. It's been done. No, mm-hmm. it is done in the most fabulous cobalt blue tile actually they're from tops by tiles and they're square as well oh double tick she's all over it um but i've done them up to sort of picture rail height in my tiny tiny yes but then it was the top but i'm gonna wallpaper the ceiling Uh, but you've been saying that for a year (laughs) this is how i roll Kate. this is how i roll so you're gonna have a statement ceiling yes well i've got a statement floor so i've got my lovely colored floor tiles on the bottom then this deep lovely cobalt blue wrap around tiles and then a statement ceiling as well because i've never stopped with one
1: yes this is my question Mm. to you sophie robinson interiors
0: yes is
1: there anything in your house which is not a statement
0: the only room (laughs) i yeah no that's a really good question because only the one you haven't done the only room that isn't really a statement is my office which is uncharacteristically white and plain is that because
1: you've got to share it with your husband
0: no it's not it's because I kind of wanted somewhere where it could just be quiet oh so you are it. oh suddenly yeah. she's understanding the rest of us we need a quiet space but, you know it's not going to stay like that for long no I didn't no, think it so isn't, is it? what I are you going to do I've just got, I'm getting some green paint vibes ceiling. at the well I've got really low ceilings in my paint house paint it green and then it will yeah. connect with the garden yeah, outside no, and thinking, leave the walls white I think I'm having a green thing I, I think you, next time you come round there might be a green ceiling I don't know. We'll play around. We'll, we'll think, but, but I think that, that is what we're saying is be playful and don't just think that floors need to be brown oak and ceilings need to be white. And if you're going to do a feature wall, it's just one wall of pattern. Yeah. It's opening up the, the fact that you can make a statement on any surface yeah. in your home. It's definitely coming back and I'm all for it. So, Kate... My favourite part of the show. She says, swishing her camping ponytail. <laughs> Let's have a little bit of design crime, age, shall we? You spotted any lately? Well, I mean we're we're holiday, aren't we? We're in the we're holiday August, season. We're in the
1: holiday season. So I think and I've done it, you know, where oh, you Oh good, I'm
0: gonna like this one.
1: well where you buy that thing on holiday because it works and then you bring it back and it doesn't and I've done it particularly I've done it with clothes you know where you're floating around that gorgeous little market and you buy that tie-dye caftan and you float around to the beach to it and you think it looks lovely and then you know not so much in the co-op three days later (laughs) on a Tuesday afternoon and I've 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 done it I've done it a lot with clothes, less with house stuff. But, you know, buying things that fit. Well, like romantically,
0: because it just looks so great in that, in that Mediterranean environment. sun or whatever. Yes,
1: exactly. And then you bring it back and it doesn't work in your house. And that's not to say you shouldn't have a souvenir. But I think you've got to be very careful because they can turn into a design crime once they're back home. God. She's looking at me crossly. My
0: house is full of my... Um, Booty that I've got from my travels. Well, what have you got? Well, more recently, a rug from Morocco. Well, that, yes. And that's one rug on your landing,
1: which matches very well with your wall. So, no, I totally will allow you that
0: one. But I'm rubbing my hands to know what else you've got (laughs) that I haven't spotted. (laughs) Oh my God. I mean, I've done quite a lot of traveling in India and been completely kind of like taken over with how wonderful and colourful and handcrafted and cheap. Everything is over there, and mm. maybe brought back one too what many. What have so. you
1: got though? I can't think of things in your well.
0: Hands. I've got a lot of mirrors, a lot of antique metal. You know that sort of punch metal. Oh um, yes, that's a bit. Got quite a lot of that. But there's some great, you know, like you know, wonderful artisan handmade things that you can buy in places like Africa, India, mm. Asia. Noodle bowls, ceramics. I textiles. think just don't buy everything, or or. Don't theme it. Don't come back and yes, do a Moroccan themed bedroom. Yes, that's like a rug exactly on the landings allowed, what it is. That's exactly the what it is. But theming. you can't do the bed throw, yeah. the cushions, the rugs. And the just wall think hanging. very
1: carefully, as we say about everything. Don't think about that object in isolation. You have to think about how it fits within the rest of the room or the space. And if it works, then, then by all means allowed. go for it. Yes, <laughs> it's like clothes shopping, isn't it? You shouldn't buy one piece of clothing in isolation. Not even a tie dye kaftan to wear to Waitrose. <laughs> If you've encountered any culturally specific or travel-related design crimes, let us know. And if you do listen to us in a far-flung country, some miles from where we are recording here in deepest, darkest, rain-soaked England, do get in touch and tell us where you are. And also tell us if you've brought anything traveling to this country that you've taken home that perhaps feels very out of place if you've got lots of little red telephone boxes or statues of <laughs> london taxis we'd love to hear from you i'm mad about the house on instagram and sophie is sophie robinson interiors and our blogs sophierobinson.co.uk and madaboutthehouse.com
0: and our facebook group The great indoors podcast there we go so in short summary of today's episode first up we talked about the new interior design show interior design masters currently on bbc2 and while it's a familiar format we're already gripped so do tune in second of all we talked about home happiness and i think the big takeaway here is big isn't always best And it's more about... It's not what you've got. It's not how big it is. It's what you do with it. For now, for now. (laughs) And finally, statement walls and floors. And in short, Kate and I think you should absolutely go for it.
1: Neutral's dead. Yeah. Bold is back.
0: (laughs) As ever, everything we talked about, plus some useful pictures and links, will be on our blogs. And do please rate and review us on your podcast app, if you can. And uh, as you already know, we do read them all. And we do take them to heart. Don't worry about your laugh. We love your
1: laugh, Sophie. (laughs) Thank you so much to Top's Tiles for sponsoring this podcast, to Kate Taylor, our producer, and of course to
0: you for listening. And we'll see you in the great indoors. (laughs) Right, smiley happy people. Smiley
1: happy people. I don't know what we.